Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you, and we appreciate you being here with us for as long as you can. Uh, BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. At the bottom of the hour, we will talk with uh, David Eicholt, uh, timely with uh, the news that Beth Getz has had the interim tag removed. She has been named as Iowa's uh, permanent athletic, uh, permanent the athletic director for the foreseeable future. Anyways, but good for her. I think they found the right person. More on that coming up, and more Hawkeye conversation with David Eicholt at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two said last week or a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to be able to, you know, be back in studio to put a bow on what is my favorite two segments of the fall, and that's Mondays and Fridays with Trent and Bama. So we'll do a little college football. Uh, put it to bed um, coming up at 12.05 and then get into the second of our regional teams that are still alive. Two of the remaining eight. We talked to Chiefs a couple of times this week with Nick Athen and yesterday with Mitch Holtis today. Dave Sinekin, ZoneCoverage.com on the Packers as they head to San Francisco to take on the one seed. A daunting task at that. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Trent's plays of the day. And oh, by the way, the Chicken Coop will give four of you an opportunity coming up here in about 50 minutes, 5-0 minutes. Uh, to uh, uh, potentially win some wings or some grub from the chicken coop. We'll give you four uh, games. You give us the right answer in those when it comes to the point spread. I'm guessing you probably have a good idea what four games we'll be looking toward. The only four football games this weekend. Uh, Let's get to it, Trent Condon. How are you this morning? Doing well. Uh, A little punchy yesterday. Yes, you were. Yelling at Mitch Holtis, yeah. yelling at you about the White Sox. So no, I sent out a tweet last night. I thought it would do a lot more uh, yeah. a business on Twitter or X, but it did. But you know what? The, well, all you, kidding aside, I, the reason behind it though is because you did it underneath somebody that I'm going to guess a lot of people probably don't follow. Ah, is that what it was? Yeah, I'm still learning this yeah. whole thing. Well, it's only been around. You've been on it nonstop. 2010, for, I think. Was, was so we're going on almost 15 years. You're still figuring that thing out. It's fun though. I do enjoy it. I, I do. How many hours a day are you on Twitter? Constantly, just constantly. Non-stop. When I'm sitting in my chair, I've got the yeah, yeah it's a constant. Um, and it drives me nuts when I'm watching. I got a game on TV. Mm-hmm. Got one on my phone. You're right. <laughs> my iPad's taken up, and I'm going to get to my Twitter. I start sweating. It's like that. Uh, what's the guy's name uh, from from Airplane? Oh, oh the the pilot. Yeah, yeah the pilot. With <laughs> yeah, he's a Canadian guy too. What the oh, hell yeah. is his name? I don't know that guy. I don't yeah. know that actor. I know the movie. Oh, yeah, you do for sure. No. He's been He's famous? Time. Yes. Oh, the 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 old dude. Not the young guy. Oh, okay. The old dude. Yeah, the old the the young guy is who I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um yeah, he was the young guy. This what but Three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on the Thursdays. We get underway. Uh, so that's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, Beth Getz is the AD. Um, they apparently did their due diligence by all accounts. They interviewed a number of, we'll never know names. We will never be able to corroborate 
you know, some of the uh, the fact that they say they interviewed a number of uh, current sitting athletic directors will take their word for it because no one's going to admit that they did interview. <laughs> I didn't get the job. And I don't anticipate that they'll go forward with the uh, list of ADs that uh, finish second or third or fourth or wherever behind Beth gets. But I like it. And here's why I think it's the right choice. And even Kirk Ferentz, and I don't think that this was a hostage situation that they put a statement in front of and <laughs> yeah, said, sign it. Right. Uh, I believe he meant what, uh, what he said in the statement, mm-hmm. and Brands and uh, some of the other coaches, uh, some of the Olympic sports coaches have all said, we, uh, we as Iowa coaches um, and members of the athletic department, hired the right person. So going back to when we found out Gary Barta was departing and that Beth Getz was going to become the interim, I was very steadfast in saying, that this should not just be a rubber stamp. Yeah. 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 Just push her through. She's going to be the one. Because there are now very few of these jobs, 34 of them, yeah. in the biggest level of college football, and that mm-hmm. is the SEC and the Big Ten. Yep. Financially, they lap everybody else, and it's not close. I wanted them to have a nationwide search. Did they? They said they did. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Right. That's what I wanted to see. Now, everybody closer to the situation said there's not a resume better. There isn't anybody no. there. But as you see other sitting athletic directors, you see what's happening at Ohio State now. I mean, they get Texas A&M's. Yeah, that place that doesn't like struggle with money. 24 hours that happened. Yeah, that came together very quickly. And, you know, Gene Smith, I mean, you talk about, we talk about coaching trees, AD tree. I mean, he's got branches everywhere. And I think that's why it maybe came as a little bit of a surprise how quickly it came together. And it wasn't a guy that had those tentacles Leslie with Leslie Nielsen, Smith. thank you. Leslie Nielsen, yeah. yes. I was I was thinking of Robert Hayes. Okay. Yeah, the old guy. Yeah. Um, but... This is something where she's the right person for the job. And she's done things that are difficult. Firing Brian Ferentz in season, mm-hmm. that was not an easy move. No, it didn't go over well in the football offices. Absolutely not. But certainly has earned the respect, the way that she has worked with the collective and building that thing up. They had another big day, by yes. the way, yesterday. Did we'll get to that, that in a Jesus. moment. Yeah. It was a move that I'm glad that they didn't just give it to her, that it was a search. Right. But yeah. you know, people manipulated it that you know, I was being... Against a woman getting the job. That, that's not oh. what it was at all. It had nothing to do. It could have been Bill Getz. Right. It would have been the exact same conversation. Yes. It was about one of these jobs. And in the top half of those jobs, top 20 of the 34 SEC Big Ten jobs, yeah. the Iowa Athletic Department has money. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about... And it's going to continue yes. to earn money. Absolutely. This is a very good job. And talk about the longevity. If you like your job in Iowa City, and you do even an okay job, you're going to be there for a very long time. Well, look at look at the tenure of the coaches, the current coaches, for crying yes. out loud. Stability yes. is maybe one of the strongest selling mm-hmm. points that the University of Iowa Athletic Department has. You had ineptitude for a long time with Gary Barta. I mean, some absolutely terrible red marks. But he raised money. Yeah. And that ultimately yeah. was the bottom line yeah. in that job at that time. So he kept his job for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Even with all the ineptitude that we saw, he was able to keep it. Beth Getz, it's changing. This is going to be a moving target now for athletic directors. And you think of Jamie Pollard, who's been there forever. His job has changed so much just in the last couple oh, of years. Oh, without a doubt. And what the future is also yeah. going to look like. It is a different role. And you wonder about some of those older athletic directors that have been around for a long time. Now, how many of them are looking around and saying, you know what? Maybe it's time to go to that administrative mm-hmm. role. Has yeah. Pollard been there 20 years? It's got to yeah. be close. Got to be close, yeah. Oh, Van de Velde was... Oh, five? Does that sound right? And it's in the ballpark, yeah. yes. So coming up on 20 years. That's wild. He said a when he got the job, job 
No way I would have said he would have no, years. No, but you know what he did? He did the right thing. Picked a fight. Yes. You know what? Come on, Cyclone fans. Get behind me. I'm going to pick a fight with that bully over in the East. And he put up billboards. He did. And, and did people were talking. That. Yes. And it was a why not? It was brilliant hire. Brilliant, and, brilliant. And, you did a great job. And made it okay to be a Cyclone yes. fan. Yes. And to make it okay to go out of your house and wear your colors as a Cyclone fan. I, I just, people I don't think understand what it was like. My growing up, Ames is a lot closer than Iowa City. There were like three families of Cyclone fans in a town of 4,000 people. I mean, that was it. It was, Iowa was, they were it. Mm-hmm. It was Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, right? Yeah. Probably in Texas, yeah. something like that. Everybody. Well, that blowtorch two doors down behind you and certainly helped. That too. was a huge part of it. WHO Radio. The yeah. Hawkeye Television Network That's syndicated across the yeah. state, getting a 70 share. For regular season basketball games. Unthinkable. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And that was the behemoth. But Jamie Pollard didn't just, oh, we're going to sit in our corner and and do it. No. We're going to go out there, and that's what they had to do. And it's worked incredibly well. It really has. Really has. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Nothing moves the needle like Iowa and Iowa State conversation. And we're grateful for that because we have jobs in, in large part because yes. of those two uh, in institutions. So well done, Beth Getz. I believe they have the right person. Uh, I'm reading something here and I haven't done the math. Uh, but John Wilner, who apparently does, uh, says that uh, Beth Getz makes seven women in the 69, I guess, power fives, if we're still calling it that. I guess we can till the end of June. Right. Because the Pac-12 is technically still alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until that point. Until we get uh, through baseball and softball There you go, and then it comes to an end. Uh, Taman Lipsy is day-to-day. All right. Now, if Matt Campbell's saying he's day-to-day, you know he's off for the year. Great minds think alike. As as I was reading it, the exact same thought, thank goodness this is not a day-to-day by Matt Campbell. Right. All right, maybe not for the year, but he's going to miss a significant amount of time. Now, uh, this is T.J. Otzelberger speaking. And um, certainly looked bad. He was he he was in pain uh, at at the uh, when it, when it happened on what night was it Tuesday night? What night was last night? Yeah, like, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Um, boy, last night was so much fun watching college basketball. I OD'd on it. Uh, I really did. It was so much fun. But uh, Taman Lipsy, day to day, will he be able to play? Well, you sure hope so. You're going to need him. You're going to need him because TCU and going on the road. Although we saw a road team pick off a scalp in Austin last night. Uh, Central Florida was able to knock off those Longhorns. Rodney Terry was not pleased. Coach Terry of of Texas was not pleased at the handshake line because I guess some of the UCF players were doing the horns down. Like it's going to happen. All right. Get used to it. It's going to happen. Nobody likes you, Texas. <laughs> Have fun in your new league. Nobody likes right. you. They might be in some trouble here. Texas? Basketball-wise. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, right now, 49th at Ken Palm. Their projected record in the Big 12? 6-12. and 12. Ooh. It's not going to be Which, a Where's Central Florida's after last night? Uh, Central Florida is at Ken Palm. They're at 71 uh, projected to be seven and eleven in the league. They got some dudes. They do. Yeah, they do. I was. I, I think that's the first time I'd seen Central Florida play this year. I saw I was, a little bit against Kansas, mm-hmm. and I think that. No, was I didn't it. sit and watch the whole game. I watched the final four minutes of mm-hmm. the game. It took me a while to find the Longhorn Network. In fact, I had to cheat. Six seventy-seven. Seven. But I'd forgotten because yeah. I don't remember the last time I was over there. I had to go to the Google machine and find it. Uh, Valley was terrific last night. Both of the local Valley teams. Drake was just pummeling. I mean, mm-hmm. opening up a can on the Redbirds last night. And uh, Brody with a double-double. Did and, you see Darnell Brody's over-the-head pass? Yes, Trent. <laughs> 
He's um, he had five assists. It's good for the big boy. Yes. Good for the big fella. Uh, in, in 27 minutes, and DeVries was DeVries, and that thing was decided early. But meanwhile, and that was a uh, an ESPN Plus game. Meanwhile, on CBS Sports Network, how about these Panthers? So, what does this tell you about you and I? Ben Jacobson now tied for the all time uh, win total in the Valley? Yeah, I believe that Tied was Tied for the all-time yep. winningest coach um, with that win last night over Belmont, who we remind you, was uh, handed Drake, their only conference loss so far this year, but Heisey was phenomenal in that game last night, Trent. He was really good, and his ability off the bounce. I mean, he's a guy... A bow and born, we know is quick, mm-hmm. but he's just... He's such a small guy yep. that there are certain defenders he just can't get around, and mm-hmm. you'll see late-game situations that he struggles if he's kind of bottled up and he's trying to get that shot because... He's 5'11", and listed at 170, and I don't even know if he's that. That's not the problem with Nate Heisey. That dude's big. He's yeah. strong. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, got, he's got some hops in him. He's got a little bit of everything, and when he's controlling the ball like that, and he's able to play at that level, he is an impactful player. It was a big blow when he went down early last season. We saw that, and it took a long time for you and I kind of how to figure out that spot. The guy that did it was Michael Duax, and again, Duax last night just played six minutes. Yeah, what's going I thought on he there? was. I thought he was a rising star. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be not just a starter with this team. I thought he was going to be out there and playing 25, 28 minutes a game. He's had single-digit minutes in three Valley games so far this year. Played six last night, seven against most state. Uh, three, I get that was Northern Illinois, I guess. But it's just been weird, up and down in terms of minutes. I don't know if there's something... Well, we're going to be working. Uh, Washer Systems of Iowa set up some interviews with us as we'll get Kevin oh, Lehman back in here and also talk to Ben Jacobson God, a few I times about Kevin Lehman. Uh, throughout the course of the year. So we'll get that set up Good. and uh, going again starting next week. Looking forward to that. We'll talk to that because I, Duax was a guy I thought was really going to help them out. Hudson's been huge. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good inside that size that they need. And I'll tell you, a guy that I was dead wrong on, I watched Trey Campbell a lot when he was at Cedar Falls and here at the state tournament. I just didn't see it. I saw it last night. Yes, you did. Yes. I, I saw a guy that he was big for a point guard, certainly at the high school level. You don't see many six four high school point guards. I didn't know with his athleticism, you know, if he had the quickness to be that kind of point guard, but he's just a good player. He's really improved his shot, which has been huge too. He had three three pointers last night. He was three of four from downtown. He's kind of clunky looking shot early at his high school career. I didn't know if that would translate. He's been such a better player than I anticipated. I know he had a lot of good kind of mid-major offers, but that was a guy I wasn't sold on, dead wrong on that one. I think you and I, I think they're getting it figured out There's a reason they were picked in the upper echelon of the the conference prior to the year, right? Yes. Where did they pick second? Yeah, Drake and yeah. you and I and then most they, state and most state. Yeah, um, but yeah, they were they were picked very highly. And look, if, if last night's an indicator, and if it is, the the switch has gone on or whatever it is, uh, good for the Panthers. And they are at the Nap Center. I want to say, what did Sean say? I think next Saturday, a week from Saturday, yeah, the twenty seventh. So they're home for their next two. They get SIU coming in to the McLeod Center on Saturday, and then Tuesday Evansville comes in. Feels like he should get two more victories there. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they'd be 6-3 and three in the conference. What time is the Drake you and I game? Any idea? Don't have it listed here in front of me. You can find it quick, but uh, that'll be a big one. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. TV now. for that one? Uh, not that I... Let me go to the official schedule. It is... This has got to be a CBS Sports Network game, uh, right? ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN Plus. No, we got it, but mm-hmm. it's just not the same. No, it's not. But um should be a big spot, big yes. spot for those two teams. Um, 
kind of want to dip my toe and move cautiously into this next topic as the White Sox did not go over well yesterday. But <laughs> this is a story that's okay to talk about. You understand what I was saying. No, though. I do. I, I mean, we don't, I when we have Cap, yeah, we don't have to talk White Sox know, every single time. I know. I get it. I get it. And I lied. I don't have two friends. I only got one that, that, like, that, asked, that uh, quizzes me about the White Sox. Right? Was it uh, our guy from Cedar Falls? No. 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 He's no. a White Sox fan, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know this. Okay, um, from he's from the track. Uh, gotcha. Anyways, um, but have you seen the artist rendering? There's, there's. I mean, do you believe this story that the White Sox are going to move from guaranteed rate and actually build a new stadium on the South Loop, Trent? You know what would happen to that franchise instantly if that happens <sighs> on the South Loop with the Chicago skyline as a backdrop. As opposed to going to guaranteed rate, which I've never been. I have. And I've told you got to you risk life and limb. And if you, <laughs> if you sit in the very top row on mm-hmm. one of the sections, eh, you know, you can. Anyways, it's not, it's not the safest place to be. It's not. Um, putting it on the South Loop, this changes things, I think. What does it change, though? I think it makes them, I, I think it um, instantly. Will bring more people to the ballpark. Has um, attendance been a huge factor, though? Is that what keeps them from spending like a big market team? Uh, good question. I don't because think they so. don't. No, they don't. Yeah, I mean, they are with their brethren in the AL Central. They're yeah. in the perfect division. Yeah, and if they were in Nashville, I don't think things would change either. Um, when when you match up. I don't know. I just think that South Loop it would bring a whole different group or, or, or section of the fan base. I think it's a way more appealing destination. It's the South Loop. You know, everybody wants to go to Wrigley. I get it. It's one of the most historic sporting venues in the world, certainly in the country. Um, I think it does. I think if you put a, you know, cap it at 35000 make it a tough ticket to get, maybe put a lid over it, or maybe not. Uh, just keep it outside. But I just think that, um, or keep no, keep it without uh, in the elements. I, just, I, I think it would. I, I think that there would be more revenue there in the long run. I don't know how significant it would be because ultimately it's about a fan base. Does that grow the fan base? I think enough? it would. I think it would because I think there's. I, I, I'm speaking for me, right? And I don't live in Chicago, obviously, but I would think that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to go guaranteed rate. Who wants to go there? Right, but the Southsiders do. That's uh-huh. their ballpark, right? But you don't think that they would want to go down to the South Loop? Mm. Would you think that they would? Depends abandon on what Southsider you're talking about. Would they abandon their team? No, but that's the other kind of component. Is this suddenly going to lead to an influx of a 20% increase in White Sox fans in the Chicagoland area? I think, I think to an extent. I'm not sure what number you could put on it. I just, this is passing it down to your kids. This is those kind of things. I don't know if it's impactful enough to make a big difference fan base-wise. Mm-hmm. Now, you already got a fan base. You're mm-hmm. already in Chicago. You already have a good, solid fan base. I mean, they've, they've averaged well over 2 million over the last, I don't know, 30 years going back, 20 years going back to the World Championship mm-hmm. team. So, But where I, were they in November? Do you remember where the White Sox brass was in November? Nashville. Yeah. yeah. They're looking around. Yeah. What would be better for them? I, I mean, still think Chicago. To be the second fiddle, and not even the second fiddle, to be the sixth fiddle, in that city. Bears won. Sports-wise? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Bears won. Right. Cubs. Mm-hmm. Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Bulls. Bulls, Blackhawks. 
And then fifth, Chicago Fire. No, <laughs> no, there's, 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 no, not no. But fifth fiddle, yeah, or Nashville. Now they'd be still behind the Titans. Titans. Be Preds prob- probably ahead of the Preds might take Maybe. a while. Yeah, it might take a while because that's a pretty good hockey market. Charlotte, that's another destination that's been talked about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's it would be impactful for their quote unquote bottom line. Now, as a ballpark, as being it's going to get me there. Oh, absolutely. Now I've been to the cell. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Did you get the old Comiskey? That's one I missed. No, didn't I get wish to that I would have got there, the same thing. That and Tiger Stadium are the two that I didn't get to that I wish I would have that are no longer there. The exact well, and I haven't been to originally Yankee Stadium. I got and, there, and yeah. I was glad I did. Those, those are the disappointing ones uh-huh. that I haven't got to. But been there, it's fine. I, I went in high school with my mom and my little sister, and we were told the same thing: be careful. Yeah, it, it was fine. Sure, it was a day game. That was also probably a reason that it was okay to yeah, do it. Yeah. And maybe uh, that made it a little more palpable. But it's fine. I've been there a couple of different times. Just be smart. Because where it's, where it's I mean, located right now is a part, bad part of town, right? The south side's yeah. Yeah. pretty tough. The rougher area. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. And the South Loop, I mean, as a fan, as somebody coming from the outside in, I mean, it's a rarity. I, it's a very difficult sell to my wife and kids. Hey, let's go to Comiskey. Let's go to the cell. Right. A guaranteed rate, I guess, is what it is now. Now, let's go next week when the Cubs are home. Yeah. That's a lot Uh easier one. We're making a weekend in Chicago. That's a lot easier. And the community aspect around it and Wrigleyville and all those different things. I mean, it's not just fun for adults. It's fun for kids, too. You know, we ranked baseball teams yesterday. You know what team was you were trying to, um, um, (laughs) you know, put in? You were right to do so. You know, where do they fit in Des Moines? Mm -hmm. They're not even, you know, there's probably... Uh, teams that uh, from other parts of the country that come uh, have a bigger fan base than the White Sox do in Des Moines. We didn't even put the Braves in there, right? Yeah, and the Braves should be in there, absolutely. I mean, with the be... run that they went on in the nineties, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of twenty somethings. Yes, uh, now that are Braves fans. Well, there's a whole bunch of forty somethings. I sure. mean, my generation. How many people jumped aboard on TBS and all of a sudden they're mm-hmm. good in ninety one, mm-hmm. and then you get to watch them every single night? I-, I got so many buddies that are Braves fans just because of the era TBS? that we grew up. Yeah. I mean, it's. Kind of like your Aaron and all the Steelers fans uh-huh. or the Cowboys fans. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Same thing for baseball and the Braves. That was monstrous. You know, as we see this who change. Was, who was the play-by-play? Skip Carey. Mm-hmm. Sutton was there. Yes. Uh, Don. <sighs> Don Sutton. No, he's a Don Sutton, but there was another Don. Um, wasn't there? Don Dinkinger. No, that's the umpire. Don Sweeney. No, I don't think. Anyways, it was. It was um, Don Baylor. No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I it was a good broadcast, and to, it was. Your, to your point, um, every 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 Cubs game, every every Braves game, even when they were bad. I mean, I remember watching Dan Glavin as a you know in his first or second year, and they were touting this guy who's getting shellacked. Now this lefty that throws like ninety one, he's going to be good. Right, and he used to be a hockey player, and uh, um, yeah, just just give this kid some time; he's going to be fine. Yeah, you were right. But this was it was a good broadcast. But the Braves are clearly one of the teams that uh, I think they have a bigger fan base than the White Sox right now. That's uh, that's something I need to do again. So years ago, I talked to the the buyer at Shields that bought all the merchandise for the pro teams, mm-hmm. and at the time, I asked him just two NFL, and he said at the time, and again, this is about a decade ago. Yep. it was basically for the four regional teams. Almost 25% Yeah, the I line. agree. If, if a team was a little bit better, I think the Bears were having a good year. He said they were a tick sure. higher that year. Yeah. Vikings have a good year. Yeah. That's gonna, But it was pretty much down the middle between the four teams. I would guess the Chiefs now have probably supplanted 
obviously with the run they're going through, and they're probably at the top of the list at this point. And baseball at the time, it was Cubs. He said it was like 70% of the merchandise was Cubs stuff. And who was second? Cards? Cards. Twins? Twins. Royals? Royals, yeah. Yeah. And then it was Brewers, White Sox. He said the national teams, though, rated well above them. Uh, Yankees, I think the Yankees, in fact, if I remember correctly, might, they might have been, they might even been second, if memory serves. They, they were second or third. It was them and the Cardinals, the Twins were fourth, mm-hmm. and then it dropped down from there. That's, uh, that'll be a good one. I need to get back out there and yeah, see if somebody can give me that information, because it is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm with you. We, we love to play the hits. Yep. And if the hits are finding teams, finding, you know what, maybe... Instead of talking Brewers twice a year, maybe we should talk about once a month, you know, something like that, or whatever it turns out to be. Talk a little more Royals if they become good again, those kind of things. And I hope they do. I really do. I hope they do, and um, we shall see uh, if this is going to be the year for that. But I look at, um, it's if they do build on the South Loop, if if there are just renderings, the plot of land that they've identified that can be built... Fair question from Trent. What does that do financially? Does that help them push them over the hump? We shall see. Let's get a couple of calls in here. Uh, John is first. John, thanks for being patient. Oh, wrong button, John. John, how are you? Hey, when I was listening, watching the Braves games in the early 80s, okay. you know, Ted, Ted Turner just got the thing figured out. Yeah. Throw him on there, and it was Pete Van Weeren. That's who I'm trying, I was <laughs> thinking of. Yes, Pete, not Don. And Skip yeah. Carey and... and Ernie Johnson. Ernie dad. Johnson's mm-hmm. dad. Yes, senior. The old man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The former pitcher mm-hmm. for the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Braves. And, uh, and yeah. So Pete that Van was, Wern. Uh, that's who I was thinking of. He's got, he had the glasses, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The professor, I think they called him. Oh, did they? A little bit. Yeah. Good um, stuff. And then, of course, the Cubs were on WGN. So for, you know, Giants, the Giants games were on like 40 yeah. games a year, maybe, maybe 50. And uh, but usually, but never those games. It was always the West Coast. We'd see the Padres, we'd see the Dodgers, but you know, to be able to see the Giants when they were playing in, in Atlanta or Chicago was was really cool. They would block out the home games, though. We couldn't see mm. the Braves games on cable in San Francisco when they were playing at Candlestick, and there were you know thirty five hundred people in the stands, <laughs> and they blocked them out. But anyway, thanks for, uh, thanks, for reminding me of that. That was the Bob Horner and yeah. Um, yeah, Dale Murphy, those uh, those teams were uh, were really, really good. Nope, no doubt. Thanks. I appreciate the call, John. Good to hear from John you. John Sterling was a play-by-play announcer for them on TBS. For the Braves? Yeah, from 82 when? to 87. It must have no. been in a fill-in role, Maybe. I would anticipate, something like that. I didn't like get that. here until 89. That was the first time I turned it on. Oh, yeah. In 89. Um, I never heard of TBS. Don Sutton, 89 to 2006. Yeah. Well, who else? Who else is on that list? Uh, let's see. Joe Simpson. Yes, Joe Simpson. From 92 to 07. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of Joe Simpson mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years. He mentioned Ernie Johnson Sr. Uh, that went through 99 is when he was there. Milo Hamilton from 73 to 75. Yeah, We're going way back that? in the day. I was born to Milo Hamilton. Probably before the TBS days, mm-hmm. I would anticipate on that one. Well, obviously before the TBS days because, what, TBS didn't become a thing until the early 80s. So that would be the case. Um, and then Skip Carey. 76 to 2007, he did play-by-play. He's dead, right? Didn't he die? Skip? I think he did. Yeah. Guess how long ago he passed. How long? 16 years ago. Come on. We're getting old, dude. (sighs) Uh, Jeff, uh, and then we'll uh, move on and get to David Eichel. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Thanks for being patient. Well, first, Trent, you're 100% right. I got to give Trent props. I I loved it yesterday when you're firing back 
uh, about with Mitch talking about uh, road games. You're absolutely right. I, I can't get over it. I, I just can't. He texted me during the show talking about a, another, I think it was Joe Montana's playoff career. That's not the argument. This is the first true oh. road game for Patrick How Mahomes many people Chiefs? were in uh, Raymond James for that? 25,000. That's how many people were there? 25,000. That's not a road game. That's not a road And 7,500 of those 25,000 were first responders. Yeah. They oh. might have been Bucks fans. I don't know, but come on, that's not a road game. No, it's not. Not twenty five thousand. I, I wish people. you guys. They weren't even I wish heard. You guys would do it more. Yeah. I wish you would do it more with with uh, with your uh, you know people you come on because some of it's just fluff, and I loved it. It was refreshing calling him out. And and with the White Sox thing, it's the same thing. You guys play the hits. I'm sorry, the White Sox. They don't draw here. They just Dang. don't. I don't want to spend that much time on it, but Trent, you were right on point last yesterday. I want to hear more of it. All right. Good day out of me. Appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, yes. Here's I want to show this guys to you. Handshake lines. Oh yeah. I hate it. I so here's the deal. I've had so many I call them kind of cold fish handshakes after you know, after mm-hmm. a game you, you know, somebody barely grabs your hand. And it's I'm just like Fran. That pisses me off. So I got something that we can do. Before the game, have a handshake line. We we dab everybody up, everybody's in a good mood, everybody thinks they're gonna win. After the game, we throw our hands up, we go our separate ways. Yep. I don't understand why we still do it. I Get it? It's, no, we we want to show. Where are where are you on the anthems being played prior to sporting events? I'm, I'm, I'm for anthems. Are you? Yeah, I I know that's a hot topic. Um, no, just uh, just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm kind I'm of for the anthem. Yeah, Jeff. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Good, have a good- yep, good to hear from you. Where where are you on the on the playing of the anthem before the game? Why do we? What, who started that? Why did they start that? It's funny because um, when I spent a summer in Italy in college, yeah, and we'd watch an American sporting event, people over there be baffled. But they don't do that over there. No. Okay. Uh, my wife lived in Japan for a couple of years after college. She mm-hmm. said the thing. People outside of this country think it's crazy. Yeah. Like, what? Why? Same kind of thing. It's part of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm with you. Doesn't it just lead to more arguments? You had somebody that's not standing up, somebody that didn't take their hat off, those kind of things. You know, I'm calling high school games and I got my earphones on, you know, and I, I'm not even hearing you're not in break the national you're still anthem. Talking, well, yeah. you're trying to go to break right. and get to, you know, all those different yeah. things. But it's different for me still. It's different. Mm-hmm. We are. One of the few countries outside of the Olympics that makes sense. Sure. You're playing for the flag. Well, yeah, when you're on the when you're on the podium, <laughs> right. play yeah. the anthem. Absolutely, but, I want to see the tears running down the athlete's face. Yeah, before an Olympic matchup against Brazil, are they playing both national anthems no, before no, the game? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It, it, it's different. Mm-hmm. We do it differently here. I'm with you. The handshake line. I think Jeff is absolutely right. Do it prior to, or do away with it. Period? Just do away with it. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to go say hi to somebody before a game, so go do it. I. You see coaches before the game, they're mingling, they're talking before the game. Because how many issues have we seen? What was that punch that we saw a couple of years ago? Remember that cheap shot in the high school game? Yes. Was it a town it south lo- of here? It was local. It was, was it Norwalk? Was it Carlisle. Carlisle. So- one of the two. But it was hideous. I mean, it was one of the most intense yeah. punches you're going yeah. to see. In a- and I'm sorry to whatever town we got wrong. Right, yeah. It, but what does it do? I mean, it, it, you're just putting your hand out and you're just mm-hmm. going through. I mean... It's not like it adds great camaraderie. No. It doesn't do no, anything. The, 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 if the coaches want to, you know, shake hands and give each other a hug after the, if they want to. Right. Um, and if not, just go back to your locker room. Right. Talk to your team. Yep. Text. Right.
<laughs> and so many of the kids know each other now, too. We are way overdue for our keyword, Trent Condon. Time for another $1,000 swoosh. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest. The keyword is money. Money at KXNO.com. Money, KXNO.com. You're another chance to win $1,000 coming up in the next hour and throughout the afternoon with Murph and Andy and The Drive with Heather and Sean. David Eichholt is next. Miller and Condon are underway. It's a, a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3.net. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's a new bump, Trent. It is. Never heard of this person before. Well, this is for our next guest because, boy, he's got a hardcore internet crush on Dua Lipa. You know, I've seen that from yes. Michael. This is what she sings? This is this is her. All right. First time hearing her, huh? I think it is. Hello, David Eichold. How are you? This song's for you. Uh, you know what? I was flattered. I was grinning right when I heard it come on. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, nice. Uh, Beth gets his needed boost after all this going on. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton going on, too. Um, and let's start with Beth gets the news from today. Uh, I'm happy that Iowa did their due diligence. I, I'll take them at their word. We'll never know, you know, some of the athletic directors that they said that they uh, interviewed. I believe that they did. I just don't think that they handed Beth gets the job. One of 34, as Trent pointed out, he's 100% right in the SEC and the big. 10, uh, but I think that they found the right person, and I've thought that they've got the right person very early in the Getz interim tenure. I thought, look no further. Uh, she's uh, she's going to be as qualified as anyone. Um, what ultimately do you think, David, put it over the top uh, that, uh, that Beth Getz is the leader, uh, the person rather, to lead the program? Yeah, I think number one just goes back to the relationships that she's cultivated inside the athletic department. I mean, I think it's no coincidence that 17 Iowa head coaches came out immediately with, you know, praising the hire and saying how great that she's been. Number two, I think you look at the fan relationship and the accessibility and how visible she's been. I mean, most athletic directors kind of like to operate more low key and just kind of manage things, but she's been at almost every fan event, uh, from football season. Uh, to every basketball game, men's and women. She's been spotted at field hockey games. She's been talking to fans. She's been walking around campus. I mean, I think that shows a lot for her, especially, again, in an era where athletic directors like to be a little bit more invisible. So I think she's really become a fan favorite. Number three, the resume. I mean, I know people are very, you know, some people for some reason questioned her resume, but it's very extensive. I think she's made all the right moves since, you know, she has emerged as the athletic director. And I think number four, she's got guts. I mean, do you know how much guts it takes to fire the head coach's son in the midst of a season while you're still trying to compete for a conference championship? I've told you guys I agreed with the timing. I think it made a lot of sense, even though we're still waiting for an offensive coordinator <laughs> hire. Uh, but I think, again, Beth Getz has just done about everything right uh, on surface level and behind the scenes and cultivating those relationships because I, I don't think that any of the endorsements were just endorsements because if you even think back to when she was the interim we heard Fran McCaffrey endorse her. We heard Lisa Bluter. We had Tom Brand endorse her. And, I mean, wrestling guys are wired differently, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. So for him to kind of go out of, you know, out of his normal comfort zone to endorse her on and off the record as far as now, I think that shows a lot uh, about what Beth Getz has done. I think she's certainly the best person for the job. I think it makes a lot of sense. Changing landscape of college athletics, NIL, transfer portal, on and on and on, coupled with, obviously, the – uh, what she's going to have on her plate 
Kirk Ferentz is getting up there, late 60s. Fran McCaffrey into his 60s. Lisa Bluter in her 60s. We're talking about Tom Brands has been there a really long time. Major hires likely are going to be on her plate. What do we know about that background and the background of hiring coaches and and regardless of sport, kind of the process that you like you will likely see when that happens. Yeah, I think, I mean, as we've kind of talked about, I think it goes back to the summer. I think this is the most important hire in Iowa athletics history because you think about how many legends that Beth gets is like if she sticks around that she's likely going to after a place. You know, you talk about the all-time winningest women's basketball coach, men's basketball coach, football, Tom Brands, obviously, and all he's done. I mean, she's going to have her work cut out for her whenever the timing's right. I think the thing that she just gets, though, and I've avoided the term Beth gets it, but she really does. You talk about her leading the forefront of the NIL, her working extensively with uh, Nike basketball. I mean, she understands levels to how everything goes. But I think when she goes through a hiring process, number one, it's how in tune are the next head coaches going to be with the modern landscape of college athletics? Transfer portal, NIL, what's their comfortability? What's their versatility? What's their resilience like? And I think just the way that they communicate on every single level. I think just kind of knowing Beth and getting the chance to talk to her and some people that have worked with her in the past, I think these are things that she's really going to emphasize going forward when she is likely going to have to replace some of these legends. And I know people want to worry about the timetable of all of it. I would say just embrace what you're seeing right now in the terms of Iowa athletics. But uh, I think Beth definitely has her list of priorities and things that she'll want to go by. But everything I've heard behind the scenes, whether it be within Iowa athletics, between people working with her, there's one thing that's became abundantly clear and that was consistent. There's a supreme amount of confidence in what she's going to bring to the table. Hmm. I'll use your term timetable um, and ask about Caden Proctor and his timetable. Is it a is it a fait accompli? Is he going to be a hawk, David? What uh, are the folks at twenty four seven saying and 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 timetable wise? Any clue? Yeah, so Proctor officially went into the portal, I believe, about an hour ago, yes. and I yep. was waiting for the. I was waiting for the signal if he was going to have a no contact or if he was going to be able to be contacted. And I've been told that he is going to allow other schools to kind of contact him. And let me put it this way. Every single school in America could use Caden Proctor. Don't give me the PFF grade. This dude is a certified stud. He's up for a ma- massive leap in year two. I've talked to my friend Kankton Lloyd-Smith of The Athletic from Alabama, and he just said, look, the way he improved over the last half of the year, he's poised to be – You know, I think he could be an all-conference caliber guy in a conference in America next season. But I think Iowa's done its due diligence. I think Iowa's, without a doubt, the favorite. I submitted a crystal ball in favor of Iowa yesterday. I know my national guys, Chris Hummer and, you know, director of recruiting Steve Wiltfong also submitted crystal ball in favor of Iowa to Lane Kane Proctor. And those are from all three different sources. We were not sharing sources, so I think that's notable. But number two, guys, the NIL era. I don't know how much money people are going to be able to throw at Caden Proctor. Yes, there's rumors of him being homesick. I think that's part of it's legit. But, you know, maybe it's just me speaking, guys. If I'm getting $1.2 million in NIL, I think I could get over the homesickness, right? <laughs> I, at least to me. So if Oregon maybe comes in there and throws all that money, I've been told Ohio State's likely going to make a run at him as well. Georgia would probably love to have him as well. And, their abundance of riches, I think, at this point. Right now, I would say comfortably that Iowa is the favorite, but I'm curious if Kane Proctor is going to talk uh, to some of these other schools. But I've also been told that a lot of guys, when they enter the portal around this time, they don't really tick the no-contact 
box, even if they know where they're going. So I feel good about Iowa's position right now, but I'm not making any guarantees in this NIL era, guys. It's just been so crazy what we've seen over the past two years. Well, they are searching, as you mentioned, for a new offensive coordinator, Paul Christ, off the list. And is this back to the drawing board for Kirk Ferentz? What do you anticipate there? We are in the third week of January when we thought maybe this thing would be wrapped up. Are we talking days? Are we talking weeks? How much longer is this process going to be drawn out? Yeah, so right now I think I'd be surprised if it's even done next week. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to go on for another 10 days. I, I What I've been told through a couple people, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Kirk ends up deciding to pull a trigger on, on an offer to somebody, but I think we're talking about NFL caliber guys, some of which I believe are still in the playoffs. I think Kirk respects that timeline, even though mm-hmm. 99% of college coaches wouldn't. <laughs> and I know people are going to get mad at me by saying this, but Iowa began its national search for the athletic director at the end of November. And Brian Fance was publicly told he was not returning in, on October 30th. So we've officially been searching for an offensive coordinator longer than a director of athletics. Wow. So I think that's just insane to me. Uh, and I know some people disagree with that, but that's kind of the way I, I'm reading the situation. But I, I don't think Kirk's panicking. And the reality is at this time, the timetable does not matter anymore. It's just about getting the right hire and it has to be a home run hire. And I've said it, this is a legacy hire for Kirk Ferentz. Uh, but from what I've been told, uh, if it ends next week, maybe. Maybe I won't be surprised, but it, I think that there is a small chance this could drag on to the very last days of January and maybe even the very beginning of February. Wow. Huh, wow. What if What if we get to that point and they announce Joe Philbin? Nope. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Philbin's off the table. Mm-hmm. Your message board would burn down, though, right? <laughs> it would burn down. Could have had him in I would. Uh, you, know that, you know that week vacation trend I told you I'd be taking? Yeah. I'd be taking about two and a half yeah. week vacation somewhere and <laughs> locking everything on my phone. Are there, are there any names you can share, David, that, uh, that um, you, know, you think are being talked to at this point? So I've been told that there is a candidate within the Green Bay Packers organization. I've been told there's a a potential candidate that's with the San Francisco 49ers. As far as a direct name, I just, at this time, I probably should not disclose it. But I can tell you that there's at least two playoff teams uh, with people that are working on those teams that are in potential, at least, consideration. Good stuff. Hey, final 30 seconds here. We'll get you out on this. Iowa, you give them a shot against Purdue. It's just such a bad matchup Saturday. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do think they lose, but I think we're just going to see intangible progress of how much tangible progress there has been from the last time they played Purdue to now. I think Iowa's playing good basketball. Uh, and if Purdue's, if they can limit Purdue's guards, I think they have a chance. I have Iowa losing by nine, but I think they keep it pretty competitive throughout. Yeah, guards, you're 100% right. Everybody thinks Purdue and think Edie, mm-hmm. but those guards, Smith and Lawyer, two Brandon terrific Smith's players. Brandon Smith's a stud. Yes, yes. I agree very, with you. Very versatile. I'm with you. David Eichel, 24-7 sports. Uh, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it as always. Hawkeye Insider, David. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Yep, good to talk to you, David. I called as we check in on the Hawks. Phone lines are open. 515-284-5966. If you have not played for the uh, Chicken Coop giveaway, now's your opportunity. The Chicken Coop has three locations in Des Moines. What does that mean? Well, the Chicken Coop will give you a $50 gift certificate if you get the most of these four games right. The runner-up will get $20 in wings. 515-284-5966. 515-284-5966. Chicken Chicken Coop giveaway next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. Euro 5. 
All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Rapid fire fashion with Kelly, Danny, Marvin, and John. I'll tell you, the tiebreaker is Tucker DeVries' total points. Tucker DeVries' total points. They will play. They'll host Evansville uh, coming up on Saturday. Let's get Kelly first of all. Kelly, how are you? Doing very good with that good news from Mr. Eichholt that he gave. Yeah. If you're a Hawkeye fan, absolutely. All right, here we go. Uh, Houston is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Baltimore. I beg your pardon. Baltimore is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Houston. I want the point. All right. Niners, nine-and-a-half over Green Bay. Um, Give me the Niners there. Detroit is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Buccaneers. Detroit. Bills give two and a half to Kansas City. Oh, give me the Bills. And a tiebreaker here, Kelly. Cl- uh, closest without going over. Tucker DeVries total points against Evansville on Saturday. Let's go 24. 24 it is, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Bye. Yep, good to talk to you. Danny's up next. Danny, how are you? How you doing? Good, Danny. Thank you. Uh, Baltimore's a nine and a half point favorite over Houston. Baltimore. Uh, the Niners give nine and a half to the Packers. Birdie. Detroit, six and a half over Tampa Bay. Detroit. Buffalo is a two and a half point favorite over the Chiefs. Mitch Holtis and the Chiefs. Mitch Holtis and the Chiefs. Tucker DeVries, total points closest without going over, Danny. Go 25. 25 it is, Danny. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Marvin is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Marvin. Hello. Uh, Baltimore is a nine and a half point favorite over Houston. I'm going to go with Houston. All right. San Fran gives nine and a half to the Pack. San Fran. Detroit six and a half over Tampa Bay. Um. Nah. Who was it again? Detroit gives six and a half to Tampa Bay. Detroit. Buffalo two and a half to the Chiefs. Jeez. Tiebreaker, Tucker DeVries, total points closest without going over. 18. 18. Thank you, Marvin. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, John is our final contestant. Hi, John. How you doing? Good. Ravens, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Houston. Raven. Niners, nine-and-a-half over the Packers. Boy, you know, I'm a cheesehead. Just can't do it. 49 All right. Detroit, six they and a half. Kill us. Kill us. Detroit, six and a half to Tampa. Uh, Detroit. And it's tough to do, I'm guessing, as an NFC North fan. And then Buffalo, yeah. two and a half to Kansas City. I'm taking Buffalo. Total points. Tucker DeVries, closest without going over, is the tiebreaker. 26. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Appreciate the chicken coop. We'll tell you about them on the other side. They make this possible each and every week. Three locations. I'll tell you where they are when we come back with Bama Bob to put a bow on college football. Dave Sinekin on the Packers. Miller and, oh, Trent's plays of the day as well before we get out of here. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.